2: Kings fans, is it Phoenix Copley season? Is that where we're at? Phoenix Copley is here to save the day? That's certainly what it looked like today. Man, what a what a performance. What a, um, I mean, just a solid all-around team performance, really. Victor Arvison, stud, two goals, easily could have had a Hattie. Uh, power play, just humming first line looking pretty good Kevin Fiala I mean besides the penalty kill I think it's easy to say one of the better games from the Kings or performances from the Kings all year I think it's actually pretty easy to say I mean the St. Louis Blues game was pretty good uh, the gritty effort in Edmonton but this was this felt like uh, like a dominating performance really like the blue In the Blues game, they they they've dominated them pretty well. Edmonton, they were just kind of fighting the whole time. This one felt dominating. I mean, that first period, they were cruising along, man. I mean, they're, they were looking strong. Uh, I'm looking at all the stats from the game. Uh, 2.55 expected goals in all situations. So, Senators didn't really get that goaltending performance. Kind of the same kind of performance as we've been seeing in L.A. all year. Victor Arvidsson, man... Excellent game. Um, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, really, this is kind of what we've been asking for, right? We've, we've been asking for this type of game for a couple weeks now, maybe almost since beginning November, really. We haven't seen the Kings play this, play this well. And you can't start our six-game road trip any better, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know, I know. I know people will say it's the senators. The senators are kind of here and there. I think people kind of gave him a little too much, too high of expectations. St- I still think they're a few ways, uh, a few years away. Um, Sanderson will be good. Um, Brandstrom still kind of finding his legs. There's there's a lot of good young players there, but they're not looking too great. But the Kings, man, Oh... <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words for uh, this performance of the Kings. I'm actually I'm actually really excited and really impressed. I think this is this is the type of game that we've been kind of wanting them to play and expecting them to play at the start of the year, and we finally got it. Really, I mean, do you remember the that road trip? Like it, it was almost that same kind of road trip, like in Columbus, where when Victor Arvidsson had his hat trick last year. That road trip was pretty good. That was around the road trip when all the injuries were happening. I think that was the Jacob Oviari uh, pass to Trevor Moore in the Pittsburgh game road trip. Um, there was a lot of good. Oh, maybe that was right at the beginning of the year. I'm getting confused. But r- right around those, like that Victor Arbutton, like hat trick, I felt like that kind of ignited a lot of good things for the Kings to come. And, like, I mean, I haven't even mentioned outside follow's name. Back in the lineup, not even missing a beat. That's huge. That's a big piece. I mean, think about how good Alex Ayafala was at, the, at la- last year, at the beginning of the year. He was probably one of the better Kings players. I mean, I was prop—I was throwing out the propaganda for him to make the U.S. World Cup team, or Olympic team, uh, last year. And then there were kind of rumblings that some players had shoulder surgery middle of the year or dealing with shoulder problems and had shoulder sh- surgery at the end of the year. And I don't know if it was ever confirmed Ayafala was one of them, but it certainly... Seem like it. I mean, it, it seems like an, a a good excuse for the drop-off in his pr- uh, production toward the end of last season because he wasn't really that good of a player. And Kings were kind of just trying to find a spot for him in the lineup, especially since the nice line was humming along. But now, man, since the start of the season, and now after the injury coming back in his first game, man, huge piece to add back into the lineup. That's, that's going to only solidify this forward um depth right now for the Kings. If you Arthur Cali didn't look out of place on the first line. I thought he looked pretty good. Let's see if I can find these these numbers here. Yeah. Where where are they at? You're right. Yeah, I mean good numbers for Artie. Um man, that nice line they that was one of their better games of the year. That was that was the that was the same type of nice line that we saw when they were going strong last year. Ninety-one percent on the expected goals, seventy-seven percent on KRC. Dominating performance from the nice line. I mean, when when that line is going, the the Kings. I'll have to look to find the stats on this, but I'm sure. Like when each, when all three of those players on that line have a point, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Kings have to be like, have to have a ridiculous record, like over seven hundred percent or seventy percent win percentage. Um, yeah, because when. It just feels like you were just just thinking, looking back and thinking back of all the games that the Kings were playing well last year. I mean, that was when the Nice Line was playing good, and we've seen spurts of that line play well this year too. But it hasn't really had that same kind of explosiveness. Maybe we're just seeing too much of it, we're just kind of just become numb to the fact that they're constantly this good. But I mean, this is a great performance, and I think a lot of the time I I kind of mentioned I talked to other people about. Maybe just to kind of ignite some energy into this team, maybe you have to break up the nice line. But now, if you have Aya follow back, if he can find a spot on the third line, Kaliev on the first line, it's like, okay, well, where does Quentin Byfield fit into all this? I don't want him to be in the AHL all season. I, I guess that's a good problem to have, but damn. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna like Kempe at third three C spot. Oh, man, I just he's just so good on the wing. He's just he's got that speed. He's got the shot. He's got the transition capabilities. I just don't want to see him be a center. I don't think I don't think any of you guys want to see him be a center for a long period of time either. And so it's like where where does Quentin Byfield fit in all this? That's really the I guess it's a problem quote unquote for the for the Kings right now. You have your second overall pick playing really well in the AHL. I think you just have to find some NHL minutes. For, and I'm kind of going on this huge Quentin Byfield tangent after this. I think we should talk more about how great this game was. But, hey, it's something we'll have to think about going forward. And, but, yeah, Phoenix Copley. The thing that I loved about what I saw from Phoenix Copley, he's made, he made me feel comfortable. I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt comfortable watching Phoenix Copley play goal tonight. The saves he was making, the positioning, everything just looked calm. Everything looked like smooth and just there was no like lunging or desperation from Phoenix Copley. Just a calm, cool guy comes in. AHL kind of last couple years. Hasn't really gotten a look in the NHL, dude. That's a that's a pretty good performance from uh, your third string goalie to come in with a lot of. I mean, just think about all the all the all that's been going on. All that we've been talking about goaltending, goaltending. It's terrible. It's terrible. Save percentage. Save percentage. Phoenix Copley steps in. Don't worry, guys. I got this. Save after save, dude. That leg pad save on Drew. Huh. That's like I mean, that's up there to save it a year. I mean, granted, the situation isn't as pressing, there's not as much pressure, but he kept his cool. He's here before him, I love it. I mean, that was that was like it kind of brought me back to like memories of watching Martin Jones make his entrances in the NHL when he was just like on it. Felt like it was just like everything was just working for him, and that's kind of what felt like with Copley tonight. So if Cople- if Phoenix Copley can solidify, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to be like the starting goaltender for the Kings like this whole season, like he's the savior. I mean, like jokingly, I said that at the beginning, but like this, if they can find any sort of consistency and like good to even just average goaltending right now, then this could be a really good team. Just look how good the power play is. The power play is like one of the best in the league since like mid November. I think they're they're chugging at up like a 55 to 60% power play percentage since mid November. That's insane. Whatever they're paying Jim Hiller it wasn't it isn't enough. That guy has I don't know what he's done. He's sprinkled some magic elixir to get this power play going and trending in the right direction. I mean you you pass it to Arthur Kelly. Yeah, that'll help. You put your best players, and you kind of move Kopitar around a little bit. Yeah, that'll help. But Velarde, in that home spot down low in front of the front of the net, on that first unit, Kevin Fiala. I mean, Kevin Fiala, dude. Like, dude, this this guy. This we're going to be talking about this contract. It's going to be an absolute bargain in the next couple of years. When the salary cap starts going up, man, I don't know. Like he's been everything that was advertised and more. Really, just constant, like amazing pass, like on a nightly basis. And now I guess we're kind of seeing like maybe those first few games where he was kind of trying to find his way. Maybe that's all it was. He's been known as a slow starter. Look at him now, Fiala's balling. He's exactly the type of player, and I'm too I'm so happy he's gonna be in LA for seven years. This is this is the type of player the Kings have been have been looking for and needed. And you're looking at a team like this is this is a team that could build you can build off this win. I mean, we've talked about it countless times. Inconsistency has been the biggest issue, so find some consistency. Build off this. That's I'm, I mean, this is probably what McClellan's telling the group. Hey guys, you could look at look at what you just did. That's Kings hockey. Solid neutral zone, crisp passing. Probably one of the best passing performances of the whole season. D-men to forwards, just that connection just felt so smooth. Continue that for the rest of the year. They play pretty well in Eastern Canada. These Eastern Canada trips have been have treated the Kings pretty well these last few years. I could be wrong, but I mean, last year, I think it was going pretty good for them in Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. And this is a good start. 5-2 going to, going to Ottawa, that's huge. That's huge. Build off that. Let's bring in some of the the speakers. What's going on, Robert? How you doing, Russ? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good win. Good win. Yeah, just to
0: touch on your point about um, Phoenix Copley there, um, you know, watching him, as you said, he looked pretty comfortable, and he's not, you know, scrambling around the net like Jonathan Quick might, you know, trying to get his legs in order or – over committing kind of like Cal Peterson. We saw him doing a lot this season. And uh, honestly, I would start him next game versus Toronto as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's something I was thinking about too. If you have a goalie that comes in, one of the – I mean, don't – if you think I'm wrong here, I'm probably one of the better performances by a goalie for the Kings this year. I mean, I know Jonathan Quick has had some exposed performances, but – I don't know this, he just felt, he felt calm to me in that. He looked really confident.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. I'd, I'd probably give it like, honestly, probably top three goalie performances from the Kings. Season. All right.
2: I'll take that. But, um, I'll take that. and
0: then to the, just on the final point, uh, Sean Dursey played a pretty good game as well. And, uh, I noticed
2: scream that from the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Scream that
0: from the mountain yeah. And, and I've been on as hard as him as anyone, but, um, Jim Fox kind of pointed it out earlier. I'm sure everybody's seen it where there was a play he made instead of trying to do a weak backhander or, you know, make a dumb play. He spun around. He spun his skates, spun his feet, and made the right forehand play versus, you know, in the past he kind of would have just tossed it in the middle and hoped for the best. So he's learning. It's it's obviously still not ideal to have him on the left side, but he's Mm -hmm. learning the right way. You know, he's getting more – more and more comfortable playing that left side there.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing too. It really isn't ideal. I I, oh man, I just don't know. Like Toby wasn't terrible. Uh, Jersey on the right side, obviously is better. Like you just mentioned like a play to like have to spin his legs, even just to have to make that play where he has to spin his legs just to get on it forehand and make that pass. That's just a hard thing. Yeah. That is an, an unnecessary thing to put a player in. Unless if you have capable players, to be in that position.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and another thing with Jersey, Jersey too, um, a lot of us forget he hasn't even played a hundred games yet, so he's going to learn, yep. you know, give him time.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's all I got. Love it. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks Robert. Appreciate you hopping in here, buddy. Have a good one. Um, yeah, dude, give me more Sean Jersey. Give me more Sean Dersey. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Second best defenseman on the team. To me, I don't. I don't know. Like you, kind, of, just coming into last year, the, like the confidence was at an all time low. Once Dowdy and Walker went down, Jersey stepped in. Rookie. Sure, he had his ups and downs in Ontario, but he looked really good, and he still has his ups and downs. But dude, he just makes play after play, and a lot of the reasoning. That the Kings power play, that second unit especially, is doing so well is because of Dersey, quarterbacking that power play. And for every Derseyism that he has, every missed, miscue, I'll, I'll show you one impressive play that he throws out every night. I just, I can't be more impressed with Sean Dersey. I think he's been one of the best young players to come into the Kings in the last few years. I don't. I don't think that's a misstep to say. Rookie last year, he's still, still, I mean, people forget he's still in his second year in his NHL. He hasn't even played 100 games yet. Look what he's doing: six-game point streak, longest since Jake Muzzin. What more can you ask for for a team that's been so desperate for production on the blue line? Love it, Drew's burning. How was how was it trolling? It was it was nice,
3: man. I wanted Arvinson to get that hat trick so bad. I know. I know. Sucks he like couldn't get. He had it a couple chances wasn't able to happen. Maybe he'll have other he'll he'll have other chances this year. he had, oh, he had a he had a few two-goal games last year, so if he keeps that up, he, he'll he'll have more chances. But since you were talking about Dursy, he's like and that that's kind of exactly what I've been saying about him recently is even though some, sometimes his decision making will be sometimes mm-hmm. baffling, we need what he brings on offense, on the power play, moving the puck. And, again, like, decision-making is also something that young players will struggle with in every league. We're seeing with him now. We see it with young quarterbacks in the NFL. Sometimes young players mm-hmm. in the NBA will do it. It happens in every sport, and they do learn, and I think he will. And right now we need what he brings on
2: – offense and i think a lot and i, I think sorry sorry, just cut you off real quick i think a lot of the issues and a lot of the the decision making the bad decisions that jersey makes is because i think it's he's such a confident player which is which is great i mean we yeah. talked about on countless times about Brant clark's confidence and jersey has that same type of confidence but he's, he's not as charismatic as as clark but he still has carries that that like i can do like amazing plays i mean just think about all the stuff that he's done on the blue line Yeah, Jersey knows what i mean do. exactly and then and but i think it's like you just mentioned since he's such a young player he doesn't realize like hey some of those like plays that he thinks he can make can't really make in the nhl yeah. especially if you're playing on your offside and also look and
3: also even if it's something that maybe doesn't connect at a lower level maybe doesn't get taken advantage of mm-hmm. as much so it's like a he i'm like, as he gets older and learns more, he'll kind of learn, you know, just because I can do this thing, it doesn't necessarily mean that in this situation I should do it.
2: Perfect. Yep, exactly.
3: Also with Copley, I, this is no hyperbole at all. I felt more confident with him in that than I felt with
2: Peterson or Quick all season today. 100%. I said the same exact thing. That's the the most comfortable I've been with any goalie. It's just the way maybe he moves while he's in the net. Because
3: even even when Quick's playing well, there are times where he'll overcommit to something, he'll end up out of position, then he has to use every bit of his athleticism to get back and make a save. And luckily he, a lot of the time, is able to do it. But Copley... Mm-hmm. is he positioned so well that he doesn't
2: have to do that. You, you know what's weird? Is that, like, yeah, Jonathan Quick has that athleticism, but the thing, like, with Copley, he, he, you know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of Cal Peterson when Cal Peterson first came out. When Cal NFL. was
3: playing well, he was exactly like that, where he would be...
2: Exactly like that, ...in right? position,
3: not overcommitting to anything, That and that's what... We're hoping Cal can get back to, but right now that's what mm-hmm. Copley is, and what he was today, and
2: and it it was obviously effective and it showed. Yeah, you don't you don't need to be. You just need to play sound position. Yeah. I mean, goalie It doesn't I, have to be flashy as long as for... it stays out of the net. You're good. Exactly. Just just keep it. All up. I ask is like, hey, you rely on your defense. And and yeah, the, the defense have been has been atrocious at, point, at times this season, but goaltending has been just as bad. And yeah. there's been some saves where felt like they definitely should have made that they haven't made. And tonight, yeah, I mean, I think you said it best too. Is just you felt comfortable as a fan watching this game, saying thinking like Copley was going to make that saves. I mean, just the rebound control too. Yeah, I mean, the first goal wasn't wasn't great. The Batherson goal, yeah. but everything else after that just swallowing pucks. Yeah, he was just he was holding on to it, it. it, killing the plays when he needed
3: to. And Mm -hmm. also when you were talking about the defense, it's been bad at points this year and it's made to look even worse when the goaltending is bad, when some of those soft goals get let in that makes the defensive miscues even more noticeable. Yep. And I'm gonna quickly switch and change the topic here to something else. I'm Kelly of today. Probably just cause I was talking about moving him up for a little while. And a lot of us were and they finally listened to us and he didn't look out of place <laughs> at all to me. He, obviously he didn't end up with a point or anything, but he looked, he looked like he belonged there and he had some mm-hmm. chances, and I thought he had a solid game, and I want to see him stay up
2: there. Yeah, it looked like that's um, that's chemistry that can like there's it looks like there's chemistry that can be developed there. Yes, it, it was a good start for that for that line. I think I agree. Yeah, I, I have I have the numbers. i have only had two shot attempts in the game on five on five. Yeah, which you want? I mean, if you just need to find ways to get Kaliev the puck. And obviously Kobutar and Fiala are probably the best two playmakers on the team. Yeah. I
3: think they are.
2: Um They'll they'll find ways. And if Kaliev can just continue be be a confident player, I mean he looked really good in the corners too. And yeah, it was yeah. like a lot of puck battles that he was winning. So that you like that. Yeah. And then defensively too, I thought he was pretty solid. So if he can keep that trend in the right direction, man, this is a Think of that forward, that, that top nine that the Kings have now. That's that's huge.
3: Yeah, that's like, it's really good. Obviously, there, there was the concern we were having earlier about Kempe and Kempe as a center or Velarde as a center who was going to take the faceoffs, and that one was a bit of a valid struggle. Kempe was, I think, like 30-something percent. Velarde was at, like, 20-something. But they still had a decent game as a line. Obviously, I follow ended up with a point like, in between lines on Mikey's goal. And Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, so I, speaking of which, I thought he looked pretty solid in his first game back. There were some moments where I, I mean, obviously they, were, they mentioned on the broadcast he looked like he wasn't 100%, but he looked good and he was, well, for starters, that penalty wasn't a penalty at all. That was that was, no, that was, yeah, a, that was actually a really it was, it was great a back check. check. I don't know why they called that, but I thought he had a solid game. I thought for a guy, especially for a guy in his first game back, he was good, especially, especially in the first period on that assist. That was a good play that he was able to kind of create, find getting the puck into the zone and then finding uh, Lazat. And then, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm excited to have him back <laughs> because I think he brings an element that we had been missing. We had been missing his game. And it's nice to have him back. And I'm hoping that Kempe or Velarde can start winning more face-offs. So that maybe I just... Because that's like the only complaint I can really come up with with that line today. Because I thought they had a decent game. And obviously we'll figure out where Byfield figures into that conversation at some point. I'm, I'm not even going to get into that one right now
2: because that's like (laughs) let's just think let's think about positive some good things yeah exactly i'm not not
3: even gonna talk about because that is it's a good problem to have but it's still the type Mm -hmm. of thing that i kind of don't want to don't want to think about after a win but
2: well it's it's i mean it's it's there it's It's hanging it's like it's the elephant in the room right it's it's you have your 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 future franchise centerman that is his second overall pick that's just kind of hanging out in the AHL that's producing really yeah, well. So well. you're kind of so. just, I mean, I, I, I totally get understand like the, the call for him to be called up to the Kings uh, from a lot of fans. I'm, I'm right with you guys. It's just kind of, where do you put uh, a performances in? like this? This is, I mean, obviously too, this is like, this could be a one-off performance, which I'm not hoping for. But we haven't seen the Kings play this this well in quite some time, so let's see how if they can continue this before we kind of think about maybe getting Quentin Byfield added back to the lineup. So yeah, I think that the rain play tomorrow. Let's get him. Let's let's just see if we can keep keep him going. And that's what that's kind of what Rob Lick said the other day is they just want to keep him producing offensively, keep him getting big minutes, and that's what he's getting in the HL. So. I don't know. I feel very <laughs> vindicated
3: because just... I was proven right a couple times on a couple different things today. One, I followed me Let's right with the game that he had, and two, I'd been talking about how much of a problem I like. I've, obviously, everybody knows the goaltending's a problem, but I've been ringing that bell pretty loud, and Copley proved that when I, like he came in and had a great game, probably better than almost anything we'd seen all year. I'm like it's definitely up there and I I hope that he can be the fix for our goaltending, but very much proved me right that something on that front did need to change. And I'm hope and I'm glad that they put him in, gave him the chance to
2: do that and he took advantage of it. Hey, I mean, since the move was made, let's, let's let's think about it. Since Cal Peterson has gone down, it's been nothing but good things, I guess, in that. I, yeah, the, Cal, the Carolina game was the Carolina game. I, I thought it was just Carolina was just a really good team. I, I, and they outplayed the Kings. Carolina
3: has a legitimate chance. Like, they're a legit contender. I think oh, going to the conference yeah, finals this year, if they play like they did against us, they might be able to go even further. They're just an elite team that we would have needed to play a near-perfect game to beat, and we didn't do that. In the Coyotes game, I mean, obviously it's the Coyotes, so take it as you will. And Quick let in one that I thought he should have had. The other two, I guess, weren't necessarily on him. Stature's goal he should have had. But he wasn't bad in that game. I thought he had a decent game other than that goal. And then, obviously, he was playing pretty bad before that though so I think Cal being put on waivers even if Blake said that it wasn't necessarily to send the message I think that did I think it got I think one at least got sent at least to quick that hey you need to be better
2: yeah I mean, especially because it was right after fun, the battle
3: game which quick started
2: It's it's funny that like Rob Blake said, Oh yeah, we're not using this to send a message to the team. It's like, okay, well it's sending a message. Yeah, like, whether you intend to do it or not, it's a going a to, indirectly. You put a guy, yeah. You're sending a message anyway. Because you put a guy who started so, like thirty
3: games a net last year on waivers. The guy you gave a five a five million a year contract to that literally started this yeah, year, you next, put that guy on waivers. People are going to notice that.
2: Absolutely. So but yeah, I mean just you think about the performances that the Kings have got, but then also think about what's been going on in the AHO for Cal. It's been a He's great, been doing start great for him. He's... Get, get, getting two wins and building confidence. That's all I don't want to see the King I I like I, I talk about we're, we're like, calling for Quentin Byfield to like call up, like call up Quentin, call up Quentin. Yeah. But with Cal, I'm I need to see him a long stretch. I need to, see, I need to him see maybe
3: like Maybe around New Year's. 15, 20 games. 15, 20
2: even. Like, I would say even longer than New that, Year's, like, maybe even by you. the All-Star
3: break or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I would go long-term with Cal because I don't want them like, to just – like, I think about it, too. It's like, okay, like, you bring him up early, and let's say things don't work out in the NHL. Then, then what do you do? I think do? Cal's it's problem like, is oh totally in his head a lot of the time. Like, he
3: gets in his own way a little bit. Like, when he's playing well – you know, he looks good and he and stuff, but once he gives up a few, like a couple bad goals, his confidence completely goes out the window and it's hard for him to get it back. So just having he's, him just play a couple really good games in Ontario and bring him right back up, I don't think that's going to be good for him. He has to spend kind of an extended time down there, put up some really good numbers down in Ontario while he's down there for like a month, even two months worth of it, and then mm-hmm. maybe try bringing him back up when he's kind of di- distanced himself enough from the Rangers game and the Kraken game before you try him again.
2: Exactly, 100%. Yeah, love it. That's kind of all I got to say. Geez love it. I love it. You hop in here. Um, yeah, no appreciate the time, buddy. I hope you have a, have a good one and keep it going to the, our next next speaker. here. You too. Have a good night, bud. Um, dude, it's like, that's what we were just talking about with this is, this is the Kings. Since they made that move to put Cal on waivers, it's been trending in the right direction in that gotten a couple wins. The Carolina game was the Carolina game. I'll, I'll just say it. I, I think they're, they've, May have become my pick to win it all. I, I think in that Brent Burns addition. And they still have Patch Ready. I think Patch Ready might, might be coming back at some point later on too. So, man, Carolina's just a good team. But with the Kings in net, it's been great. That that move not only sent a message to the team, and whether Rob Blake wanted it to be a message or not, um, but it helped maybe make Quick think more. It's definitely helped Cal think, A little bit with his two wins in Ontario, so great start there. They played again tomorrow. Um, and Copley, I mean, I let's think like let's think of the alternative. What if Copley would have came in and he would have had a bad game? That would have been such a down da- damper on the confidence of in management and the goaltending, fans' confidence in goaltending, and probably the players' confidence in their goaltender, too. So, to have Copley come, come in and play this well in his first game. I mean, it's not an extraordinary game, but it's it's good good goaltending. This is what the Kings have been missing. So to have him come in and play this type of game, that's huge for confidence for this team. I mean, we're like just with Drews Burner, even um, someone else mentioned right before, like they consider starting in the next game and against Toronto. And I'm not opposed to it just by this performance. I mean, if you got a goalie that's looking pretty confident in net, it's something the Kings haven't had this whole season. Why not try him again? So. I don't know. I think I think it's just uh, something that McClellan will have to think about. Let's keep it going with Ian. Well, what's going on, Ian? Hello. It... What's Yo, going,
4: what's up? Uh, first of all, uh, good win. You know, uh, twenty twenty three Stanley Cup champions coming. Uh, not playing. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I think it was a good win, and Phoenix. He was a beast tonight. I hope he keeps it up. Like he was so good. Mm-hmm. Like. I hope he keeps it up. I hope he keeps his confidence up, and he gets a small win while Cal's uh down. So it was a good win tonight. I'm not complaining. The Kings played good. <laughs> yeah, that's all I really. No, have yeah, that's,
2: it's it's funny, right? Because like we've been, I feel like every time I've been doing these the last few times, it's we just have a lot of frustration built up, and everybody copping on here, just like. Oh, what are they gonna do? Like play the kids? Like all oh, this? Like just trying to find fixes to all these problems that were going on. And tonight, there there were real no, no no problems. I mean, we can talk about the penalty kill. Oh yeah, the, pen- is the kind of, penalty kill was atrocious. Maybe I mean, we could, so. yeah, maybe that's something that we can kind of um, point at. But I mean, besides that, if if it's just the penalty kill, your power play is looking tremendous. Five and five was solid. The neutral zone was solid. The passing was great. Goaltending really good. I mean figure out the penalty killing I guess that's just something that they'll have to look at maybe practice a little bit and we actually but everything had else defense is looking game really solid. exactly you got contributions first two goal scorers Matt Roy and Mikey Anderson like what more what more could you ask for uh, and a just a total great performance and one of the few that the Kings have had like, this year
4: I said uh, I said before the game uh, when they when they announced the lines I'm like this forward line is deadly like mm-hmm. and it was it was deadly
2: and yeah, it's the forward line. Just like, just think about the top nine. It just looks real. It looks really good right now. When you have your your thirty five plus goal scorer and your top goal scorer this year on the third line, I mean, I guess you can p- complain about it if you hope to find some ice time there. But when this team is working pretty, when this team is playing well, they have a, a nice balance throughout the lineup. They, and McClellan mentioned that at, at one point. The balance word, and if you look at the lineup, the forward lines, they have really good balance. Defensive lineup, I'm still kind of questioning. We'll see how they do in Toronto because obviously, Senators and, and the Maple Leafs are to- two totally different teams. So we'll see how the defense performs there. Um, but it's it's not it's not terrible. It's not it's it, mm-hmm. we've seen this team play well um, with these same same defensive players. So it, the the potential is there for them if they can figure it out.
4: Yeah, they just need to be consistent. We need consistency. We can't keep like losing every other game. We need to go on a big run. And if we do that, I think we'll be Stanley Cup contenders, for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, they turned it around uh, at January 1st last year. I think it was the New Year's Eve game, actually, um, against Philly, where I think that was the first game that the Knights' line was um, put together. And since that point, they were a really solid team. Even yes. throughout all the injuries. This is so kind now... of off
4: topic. This is kind of off topic, but it's kind of weird how we yep. always seem to play play. We always seem to play uh, against Philly and New Year's. But
2: yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think we're doing it again this year. Yeah, we um, know,
4: it's, it's New Year's Eve this time.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just hopefully you can just build on off of it. I've, and this this could be a road trip where they can do it. Hopefully, hopefully, but then the uh, next uh, games. Uh, tomorrow's game or Thursday's game? Sorry, will be will be a tough test, that's for sure. Yeah, to keep it up, I I'm betting
4: in the next couple of years we will win the Stanley Cup. I mean, if they keep this up, I mean it's got to happen in the next couple of years <laughs> because it's been nine years, bro. We're tired. We're tired of
2: waiting. Exactly, it has been too long. That's right. We got to have those expectations of this team. Let's get those those New York Yankee fan expectations where we think they should win every year. I love it. But yeah, this team is built for the future too. You have a you have a really solid core, um, being built um, for the next few years. Kevin Piala signed for long. I'm
4: field. so glad we have Kevin for f- at least seven years. Like mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. was hating on him in the in the beginning of season because he yeah, was he not a- doing anything. But he a- he now he picks up his game
2: and. Yeah, he had a rough start, no doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, yeah, Kevin Fiala signed long-term. Philip no signed long-term. Adrian Kempe signed for three more years after this season. Alex Iyafal signed for two more years. So, I mean, I on have, defense, you still have Matt Roy next year, Sean Jersey next year, Sean Work, Walker's on the lineup, Brent Clark's still around. So, defensively, they still need to find, I, I think, a piece that, obviously, I think that's a big hole that's missing. But once they find that piece, man, this team can turn into a Stanley Cup contender really quickly.
4: Yeah, I have heard from uh, wild fans on the internet that uh, Viola tends to uh, disappear in the playoffs, so I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did that last year. I don't believe he has scored a goal in the seven game or something like that. But yeah, hopefully if he can find it um, in the playoffs, the, the Kings have the, have the experience now going last year. So now he has experience, obviously. So hopefully the team trends in the right, right direction. But we're talking about the playoffs. Let's get through the regular season first. Let's just continue. Continue this consistency.
4: Yeah. That's all I have really have to say. So I'll Perfect. hop off here. So I give other people a chance. But hope you have a good night.
2: Yeah, you too, Ian. Appreciate you hopping on here, bud. Have a good <laughs> one. You too. Let's get let's keep it going to Turcot search and rescue. I know he's having a little bit of a rough time Turcot search and rescue. Turcot's been out of the lineup the last few games dealing with an illness, but I believe he's he'll be coming back soon. So Turcot search and rescue. there, bud? uh Oh, he's probably still looking for Turks. All right, let's keep it going. We'll go to we'll go straight to Noah. While Turcot Search and Rescue tries to figure out what's going on, Noah, you there?
5: Hey, Russ, how's it going?
2: What's going on, Noah? How you doing?
5: Good, good, good mood. Um, you know, every win, <laughs> every win at this point punts this question another couple of days, but at some point, we've got to confront the weirdness that's happening. Uh, I mean the blatant service time manipulation that's happening. Sorry, with uh, with Brand Clark. Um, yeah. I mean, as long as he's not going to World Juniors, which probably a good thing for other reasons, but um, it, it was a conditioning assignment. Now it's over, and now there's really no reason if he's not going to World Juniors for him not to be playing because Todd didn't ever really hint before he went down that. Uh, there were hockey reasons for him not to be playing he was good he was he was playing well um, and then that also goes into byfield where that that started as a conditioning assignment and now he's leading the mm-hmm. reign and goals and again, every time we win a game now that punts the question for a few days because this lineup is winning games with with, with the guys we have up here but um, I mean if this was uh, if this was any other league there'd be players union grievances right now. So I'm just curious kind of <laughs> yeah, what, your, your, uh, what your thoughts are at this point on it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Brent Clark, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up uh, just to kind of clear up any confusion. Because, I mean, it caught me off guard too. I'm not going to lie. Him not being on the selection camp uh, roster for Team Canada, which is just a preliminary. It's not even like a, a roster that gets turned into IIHF. So what I I've heard, I've talked to people that have been around these teams. They say that players get added later on. All the time. So this isn't anything that's out of the norm. But was, was, was kind of weird and what caught me off guard is that Rob Blake specifically mentioned talking to Hockey Canada about the camp. And even talked about how they were going to be in Ottawa at the same time that this camp was going to be about starting. Which starts on Friday. So that's what, when I saw Brent Clark's name not included, I was like, okay, well that's kind of strange. Because why would Rob Blake bring that up if he's not actually going? But then you see Shane Wright's not on the list. Dylan Gunther's not on the list. Those are two players that more than likely are going to be going to play for Team Canada. Gunther with Arizona Coyotes and Shane Wright uh, with the Kraken. So there's still a, I would say even 99% chance that Brent Clark will end up playing for Canada. But uh, who knows? I've been surprised by this by Canada and Brent Clark. So who knows what goes on there? Right. So the th- the look thing for- that- yeah. So- no, yeah. But I was gonna say the thing. The thing that you think about is okay. Well. What happens with Clark after that? What, where do you, where do you send him? Do you, does he actually play for the Kings? Do you think he gets like the experience playing for the World Juniors, playing top minutes big, around some big comp? Like that—that's really good competition for him and experience for him to get. But we—I don't know. You just haven't seen the Kings show that confidence in playing him, really. And uh, if if they are going to keep him, then why why aren't you playing him now? I guess is a question too that you have to ask.
5: That that's the thing. Like, if he's going to play the tenth game at some point this season, what what are we waiting for? What I, is Sean I, Walker I, doing in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, like, I get I get the argument. If if you really truly believe he has nothing left to gain by playing games in the OHL, then sure, I guess it's a. I guess you're not losing out on anything by keeping him in the press box and and skating at practices <laughs> here. But if the goal is to win hockey games. And to develop, not it, to winning be hockey. here, right, right. So, I guess the question doesn't really get pushed until we start losing hockey games again. But um, if he's here, he's here,
2: and that's exactly yeah. And the kind of the same thing with Quentin Byfield, like you, you talked about. And right now, like yeah, they they won they won tonight. We'll see how things go in the in the near future. Quentin Byfield, he plays tomorrow night for the rain. We'll see how things go there. Um, if he keeps producing and he's like just banging on the door to get called up, I think you have to. And I don't know if it's, you put, it's, it's, it's tough though. Cause I don't know if you, what you do in the lineup at that point, I, I think you have to, you have to slot him in on a third line center position maybe. And I don't know. I think it's, that's just like a, a, a tough decision. I mean, what you even think about maybe even playing him that wing on the fourth I, line? I was going to say there, know. there was, he was, he was getting some minutes on the wing in Ontario. I think
5: when he first went down there, I don't know if he has been lately, but if Kemp, I mean, if, Especially now, if you're slotting Kempe in there, if you, you gotta find you gotta find something, because even though I mean his situ- Byfield situation right now is almost a mirror image of Valardi last season, but um, I I, I don't know. I <laughs> wasn't the number two overall pick that you tanked for, so yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like it's yeah, actually almost the exact same thing by you know how he got, how he first got down there. And then just getting stuck down there, producing all season, but
2: there's a lot more pressure on them to show that Byfield can play than there was with Velarde at that point. There's just it's just you have to find a spot for Byfield. If he's going to keep playing this well at the AHL, like what what more else does he have to prove down there? Like same thing we've talked about with Clark. Like you're not going to send him down to the OHL. What what more does he have to prove, or what what like what else is he going to gain in terms of experience or just competition level? And So it's with Byfield, if he's playing so well, finishing with a hat trick in the last game, and he just continues this pressure, you have to figure out a way to get him back in the Kings lineup. Because think about it, like, is Carl Grunstrom the future of the Kings? Is Blake Lizotte the future of the Kings? Like, they're great players for this team right now. But Quinton Byfield's your future. That's your second overall pick. That's right and unlo- and unlike
5: Clark, thing. you don't even you're already burning his ELC. You, you don't even have that excuse at
2: this point. So yeah, you're you're paying him already. The contract's in. in. So I don't know if it's just you, you. like you said, try to figure out if you can get him on the wing, or I don't know. It's just as much as I love Kaliyev, maybe even put him back on the fourth line, move somebody back up there. I don't know. It's just it's tough because velardi and and Kempe have been so inconsistent. I feel like with Kopitar and. I don't know if it's them. I feel like it's more Kopitar with them and maybe Kopitar and Fiala. Fiala can just kind of carry Kopitar and you have Kaliev if can turn into the shot producer and goal scorer for them, for that trio, if they can find some chemistry, then you're kind of stuck with that line producing. Obviously the nice line is producing. And then you're stuck with your top goal scorer and your last year's top scorer on the last, on the third line. So it's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in. Trying to figure out a spot for Byfield at this point. Yep. Well, love it. Good <laughs> win. Exactly. Exactly. Let's just let's be positive and happy about the win, and just go on and move on to Thursday, right? Yep. Love it. Talk appreciate, you, appreciate it.
5: Appreciate it. No, have a good one. You
2: too. Yeah, that's a decision that I'm not. I'm not sure that I'm not. I'm ready to talk about right now with Byfield because I, I'm. I, I want him in the lineup. I need like, I almost like need to see him in the lineup. Need to see him producing. I mean, we just got done playing Tim Stutzla. <laughs> I, obviously they're terrible, but um, I don't know. You just, I feel like you, if you're the Kings, you have to figure out a way to get Quentin Byfield back in the lineup. That's, it's just, it's tough because you, you come off a win. You, everything looks good and it's tough to make changes, especially in, in the middle of a road trip. I don't see them calling him up anytime soon. So, We'll see what happens, for sure. Uh, Turcot search and rescue. Let's we'll see if you figured out what was going on. What's going on, buddy? Hello, hello. Hey, there he is. What's going What's on, What's up, man? Russell? Sorry about that first one. No, you're good. You're good.
6: What's up, man? All right. So, I was uh, listening to a couple of guests ago talk about Clark, and mm-hmm. I – understand his frustration with the uh, the 10-game thing. Like, if, if we're holding on to him for this long, why don't we just play him already? But I think it goes deeper than that. I'm pretty sure, and I might be wrong, but if Clark were to play 40 games this season, then there would be a, a year stricken off his RFA status.
2: Correct. That's, that's correct, yeah. So if he plays, I think it's more than 40 games, then... Yeah, he t- he enters free agency a year earlier, I believe. Uh, the o- his OHL Barry very Colts uh, coach actually mentioned that in a press conference not too long ago. So I think. So yeah, that's that's something that maybe that is they're they're thinking about, but but um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure the Kings
6: are like historically known for holding on to their RFAs and their uh, ELCs as long as possible. And so I think yeah, what, for, what they're doing sure, now sure. is they're hoping that the WJC invites Clark and he makes the team just so that he can get a little real competition before he comes back to the Kings. But if he does come back to the Kings without team Canada inviting him, or even if they do, and he doesn't make the team again, I think they're going to, we're going to be really mad probably 15 to 20 times when he's not playing that night.
2: That seems like the direction we're heading. in. Right. we yeah. The he he goes to the he goes to play for Team Canada, comes back, um, early January, mid January. There's probably going to be what like forty or so games left in the season, ish. Um, and he's already played and you, nine. Yeah, yeah. Then. Yeah. So then you kind of platoon him for thirty-one games, which isn't the worst thing. I mean, you give him maybe a little bit of a stretch off to come back from the a, a really arduous tournament, really, in the World Juniors. Give him a couple mm-hmm. games off, maybe sprinkle in a game or two. But then if you can go in for a, a stretch run to, where you're able to play him every game and not have to worry about getting to that 40-game benchmark for right. the end of the year, then then the sky's the limit, yeah. really. Then you can get Clark some confidence. He's playing in important games. And then you play him in the playoffs if the team gets that part, uh, okay. which would be huge for so his So that hockey. was
6: my next question. The playoffs don't count towards these restrictions, Correct.
2: No, okay. no. I I don't I'm not I'm I, not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's I'm, I'm I also think that pretty the sure. same kind of thing happened with yeah, I'm pretty sure the same thing kind of happened with Tanner Pearson when he joined the team okay. um, during one of the San Jose series. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think so, you're right. Yeah, I don't think or yeah, I don't right. think that, that would carry over. So, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you you brought that up because that's something that um ha, like I, like I mentioned is the Barry Colts Coach actually mentioned that forty game benchmark specifically. So, oh. if that's something that he's talking about, it's certainly something that the the LA Kings are definitely thinking about. Right. So, I mean,
6: we personally, could, as soon as I heard that forty game thing with the RFA status, it, it immediately made sense to me. Yeah. So yeah. So for what it's worth, we,
2: if we're, if, I mean, we've we've all been focusing on the ten game mark, which I mean. Yeah, BLT everybody focuses on it. This, yeah, exactly. Everybody. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. focus on it. Everybody around the Kings is focused on it. This is just a common um, occurrence around the National Hockey League. And maybe if, if they're really not worried about it, if they're really not worried about that EOC and it's really free agency, then maybe we'll just have to keep our eye on it to see uh, what happens with Clark after the World Juniors. But it'll be yeah. fun to watch him in the World Juniors, I'll say that. Hopefully. I mean, he's going to be getting top minutes if he makes the team and uh, playing for Canada, so they're they're going to be the odds-on favorites. So he'll be getting some uh, good minutes for a good team. Is there any update on that status that you know of? Not yet. We'll still. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll have to just wait and see. Camp started. Uh, team, Wright is actually playing tonight, to so wait. he's in the same situation. When does
6: camp start? For or invite? Friday. Friday. Okay.
2: Friday. 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 Then. All right. So. We'll see. Yeah, we'll keep, uh, keep our eye on it. And then
6: also on that note, don't let anything Blake says. Uh, take it with a grain of salt.
2: <laughs> right. right now. Exactly. Yeah, I remember last year or a couple years ago, he said there weren't going to be a lot of noise at the trade deadline yeah. when he trades Jeff Carter away. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely take it Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, we don't
6: really need to add anybody. I think we're pretty confident with our team. Uh, Kevin Fiala is now joining the team, just so you guys know. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah.
6: Exactly. All right, man. Oh yeah, we're
2: not gonna make any trades in that. And here comes Carol <laughs> Belmont. <laughs> but yeah, for sure, love it. Exactly. Right, I don't want appreciate to take too much God.
6: time. Let somebody else talk. But uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Uh, love having you on. Hope you have a good night. All right, later, Russell. Later. Let's keep it. I'll do. I'll give, bring on one more speaker here. We got Reed. So it's the vibes are good. I like it I like doing these when after wins I, I, I feel I'm not I'm not sweating as much you know what I mean I'm just like I'm not not so frustrated and so hard I, I like it What's going on Reed you there
1: Hey Russ I'm here again um, what's up buddy Who knew uh, uh, Alex uh Follow was like a important piece that a uh, the missing link Well yeah <laughs> and then like you all I think Kings fans also remember in their Back of the head. Uh, Pepe Lemieux is still out, mm-hmm. and he can obviously provide another physical defensive ish presence. And it was just great to see like a good team win minus those two penalty, uh, those two uh, penalty kill uh, opportunities yeah. that Ottawa cashed in. And I think you alluded to this, and one of your, another one of the people in the discussion thread uh, just liked that. Copley just was a perfect uh goalie when he he just played like he he played. He he wasn't as jumpy and, <laughs> exactly. and exactly. He was not as jumpy as quick. He was not as what is whatever is going on with Cal. He was just <laughs> there and maybe that's what the Kings need right now. A guy who's just solid as a rock. He was sound.
2: Sound in that it's the exact type of performance that the Kings needed from a goalie right now to build confidence in the team, so to build the player's confidence that they have some, um, they have a, a decent goaltender in net it Cause it, it, has goal, it hasn't been decent goaltending hasn't even been good goaltending. So if you can have this, that's why I said this um, game from Phoenix Copley, the performance that he had tonight was, was huge for this team um, going forward with, with everything that's gone on in the last week or so.
1: Yeah. And, It's probably it's been one exact week since the game that I don't think Kings fans should talk about for a while, and and (laughs) it just it felt very reassuring that I didn't have to yell, Sean Walker, doing something that I'm like really, like this was the (laughs) most like I've I've like like oh everything's mostly in sync. Obviously the the penalty kill is. Is not as sound as what you it want is right it. Now, but yeah. That and that and just shooting the puck of the net is the easiest thing you can work on. Yeah, um, we didn't have to worry about the the attack of the Shans tonight. That's for
2: sure. Yeah, both both Shans were were good. Um, I mean, the whole team was played well. But the penalty kill was really the only bad part of the game. Really, five on five was great, and the power play was excellent. So, not a lot to complain about for sure.
1: And I've been just I I obviously follow the rain as much as everyone as as Kings fans try to do, and it Mm -hmm. seems like uh, as for Cal, he he just needs to I think have fun again. He looked yeah, and that's what he did. I I don't know against which team, but uh, he just looked like he was solid. He just needed to have a little bit more fun and it was all between the uh, the mask
2: it, 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 I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up too because it feels like with Cal he's just been like thinking too much it's been like it's such a mental thing like especially with Joe Joe Paterino talks about this all the time my buddy with hockey royalty his goaltending is such a, a weird position to evaluate because it's it's just so mental and with Cal like even, like, when I'm at the games, like, watching him, they, they show the players just before they come on the ice. And with Cal, if you watch him, I don't know if this is pregame routine every – if this has always been his pregame routine. So, sorry if I'm wrong there. But if you, if you watch that part right before he comes on with warm-ups when he's starting, he's always just standing there off by himself, just looking straight down. And you can tell he's just thinking about everything that's going on, that he's gonna, that's going to happen in this game ahead of him. And I don't know if that's something that he's done his whole career – but you can just tell that's a goalie that is so like unstable, like in terms of like confidence in net, that just doesn't have it yet. And that and the, that confidence has just led to bad performances on the ice. So any good thing that can happen with Cal, just just wins, just getting yeah. wins. It doesn't even have to be good performances. Even even if he's giving up a bad goal here and there, just get wins, grow confidence. Give him like twenty or so games with the rain, and then bring him up. Hopefully, he comes up toward the end of the season. But right now, it was just a great performance to to get from Phoenix Copley. If you're a Kings yeah, fan. and I
1: I've been I haven't been alive as as long as and maybe other people, but I haven't seen a Kings offense this fun in probably right? ever. Um, I'm in my mid twenties, and I haven't seen this power play like humming like it's another team. Usually, oh, I'm used yeah. to, to Kings winning 3-1, 2-1, 1-0, just grind you out. Well, granted, there were some cups in those teams, but it's just so fun to mm-hmm. watch the power play instead of uh, okay, head to the fridge. But it's it's just it's fun
2: hockey. It's fun entertainment. Yeah, that's what that's what we watch the game, right? Yeah, we watch it to be entertained. And <laughs> the Kings, whether you're, I mean, if you're an outside fan, just a fan of hockey, if you if you've been watching every Kings game, you've probably been having a blast because. The Kings games have been just entertaining and but from a Kings standpoint they've been there's been great times and there's been really, really low times. And they they're still trying to figure it out, but the offense is looking great. And like you mentioned, the power play hasn't looked this good in, in quite some time and I'm I'm right there with you. It's been dude, like they go out there and I'm expecting them to score at this point. That's how crazy it is right yeah. now with the Kings. And Offensively, if you can get four goals in the first period, it's it's huge. That's something you never saw from Kings teams that that won the Cup.
1: Yeah. And I'll say this on on the recurring byfield issue, that it's a good problem to have when, granted, I know it's a bad look when your number two overall pick from the pandemic draft Mm -hmm. is in the AHL. But I feel like it's more of like, Uh, a good problem. Granted, uh, he should be up here. He was, he was playing meaningful minutes in April and March of of the last season, but it's, it's the, if not who, then. Yeah. How, like,
2: how are you going to get him up here? How are you going to get him? You you had
1: Fagimo scratched and he had a, I, from, I didn't watch the game on Saturday, but, it sounded like Fugimo showed off why he was worthy of a call-up. And it's it's the same way up front and on the back end. Jordan Spence should not be in, in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> so he's like but, fifth on, in the AHL in points per game? Yeah. It, it's, or something like that. yeah it, there's some guys that you're like, if they didn't have the black and silver, they would have been up by now wearing uh, less big numbers and Probably cashing in on a lot of goals. Yeah,
2: and that's kind of it's, it's just a situation that the Kings are in where they're still they're they're right on the precipice of being like Stanley Cup contenders. So I, I think the Kings are playoff contenders, um, and they'll compete obviously for a playoff spot. Going to the playoffs last year, this is kind of the trajectory that they're, they're at coming out of the rebuild, and I think they're ahead of it too, um, from what a lot of people were expecting. Um, I- I didn't think they would be this good this early. Obviously, you add players like Deneau, Arvidsson, and Fiala, but then that also creates a logjam. Like, nobody nobody expected at the beginning of free agency that the Kings would be in on Phil, Phil Deneau in the offseason, I mean, especially after drafting Quentin Byfield. That was really just a surprise, but it's turned out to be a great signing. But then it's also like... And it's also given Quentin Byfield a little bit of a leeway to develop a little bit more, which isn't the worst thing. It's just you see a lot of these other players drafted from these teams that are also playing and, and producing yeah. in the NHL. So I guess that's kind of where a lot of Kings fans and, and me too, is that you get these like, okay, when are we going to see Byfield? When are we going to see Turcotte? When are we going to see Spence? Like when are we going to see these young players, but they're, they're still, the Kings are playing pretty good hockey. So it's like, you don't want to just force these young players in the lineup just to be in the lineup. Like some of these other teams, like Anaheim did with Drysdale and Zegers, they just really just, just threw them in the lines. Then there's, Take care of it. Here you go. Um, I'm, a lot of other Yeah, a lot of other people yeah. are doing the same thing, but with the Kings, they're they're showing a lot of good patience because they have that opportunity to show the patience because they're playing pretty well in the eyes. Yeah. So it's, and it's
1: just different situations, really. You take a look at a team like Ottawa, where they they chose to play all their young guys at once and mm-hmm. and they're now trying to do what the Kings did before and like uh, at a leadership core. On the fly, which that doesn't really happen, but it will not happen greatly. It's you're you're lucky to have guys like Claude Giroux, but you need you need more vet, and plus you need you just need waves of veteranosity. And mm-hmm. I think Kopitar uh, and Deneau and those guys, at least they have the pedigree saying, "Oh, I've been to the playoffs. Let me let me help you." Learn and that's yep. what—that's how they're in this great position. And then uh, I, I want to piggyback off—I don't know—Turcotte, search and rescue, or Drews <laughs> Burner said, uh, "Yeah, Rob Blake is turning into Andrew Friedman levels of—we're not sharing any secrets for the trade deadline." <laughs> I love it, yeah, for sure it,
2: it, and, dude, The Kings the Kings have been so like You think about all the rumors, quote-unquote That the Kings and all these players have been linked to We talk about, like, we've heard Chickren on end. we even yeah, heard Michael we, for a while But not all the rumors that have been leaked Or whatever, have ever really Never even come true we feel, Like I mentioned with Philip Deneau, that was out of nowhere Victor Arvidson was out of nowhere Alex Edler was out of nowhere Kevin Fiallo, even, maybe was kind of out of nowhere I, I think a lot of people we're just kind of linking Fiala to, to teams just expecting him to get traded. But the Kings hold everything everything to the chest. I try to get yeah. information and they never want to give it to me. So if they don't want to give it to me, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I don't need to be one of these insiders that just breaks information just to break news. That's cool with me. I'll just evaluate what I see on the ice and we'll keep it at that. But yeah, as long as you get in good players and you're building a good team, I'm cool with
1: that. It's it's like whenever the Chikrin news come out and – Kings fans, you can react how you want. Exactly. It's, it's more like a here-we-go-again type of deal. I, I don't I, – I for it was the whole – I'll put it this way. It, the rumors back in 2019 when Anthony Davis was coming to the Lakers was getting nauseating until the trade happened. So that's where exactly. I'm at with this Chikrin stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll let another person in here and speak. But Love it, Reed. A great yeah, team Reed. win – and great as always to talk to you, Russ.
2: Yeah, appreciate you hopping on here, Reed. I hope you have a good night, bud. You too, bro. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that uh, make Reed my last speaker. I haven't had dinner. I've been just been, it's been a good night. It's a good night for the Kings. Hopefully, that's something that's a win that they can build off of. A uh, lot of good things to like. The Penalty kill was really the only bad part of the game, but man, the performance from Copley—that I think that's he. I don't know. I don't know who the number one star or the stars of the game were, but I think he had to be number one star I, to come in, get your first win since 2019. That's huge for an individual, um, but that's huge for the team and they needed confidence in their goaltending. And they, I think they, they found something in Copley tonight. So hopefully it continues because there's, there's going to be a big, uh, a big challenge on Thursday going in Toronto. So we'll see how the Kings do. Appreciate you guys hopping on here. Appreciate everybody that spoke. Um, Maybe we'll do another one of these on Thursday. Uh, we actually might be doing a, a, a live podcast right after the game on Thursday. So keep an eye out for that. Um, keep it locked on here at hockeyreality.com. Check out our YouTube page. Uh, sub, sub, like it. Um, you, know, you know, I love you guys. I love you. I love the following. We're building a great community here. Tell your friends about it. So tell, tell everybody about hockey. Tell everybody about LA Kings. Tell them what we got going on here. It's a huge following. I met my boy Luke at the game the other day. I see him in here. Um, so yeah. If you guys see me at the game, just see me around. Let's let's talk hockey. That's what that's what I'm here for. That's what, I, what I, why I do this because I, I love the game. and I know you guys love it as well. So appreciate you guys. Have a good one.